episode of That's a Wrap, a Raptors podcast by fans for fans. I'm Andreas, uh, rejoining the two Jays who have uh, steered this ship many times without me, but uh, there's no chance in hell that I was going to miss the preseason. And uh, with me, I've got the the two the, the two people that are always on board. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, actually, more than wait, I, I am. wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, you do sound, I will say, uh, you do sound a lot better than you did, uh, you know, a couple pods ago. So glad to have you. you back. Hey, everyone, it's Jay Rosales here, uh, and I'm joined by Jay Lung. What's up, guys? I, I just want to let you guys know, we are recording this on a Tuesday, which means that it's Raptors preseason. They are in Utah right now. I'm watching Kawhi Leonard shoot a free throw. Hopefully he doesn't break it. So my attention span is very small. Just let it know. <laughs> So if we hear some random like oh, grunts or screams, oh, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Come on, exactly, on, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> this is the Raptors podcast. They better all be damn positive. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he did miss he did miss that free throw. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Oh, he's working oh. out the kicks. He's yeah, working out the kicks. That's true. Oh, Danny Green. Danny. Okay. Anyways, continue. Let's let's do this podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of preseason, I think it's fair to say that uh, the focus of today's episode will be. The uh, very first preseason game of uh, the Raptors season. Um, yeah, what would you guys think? I mean, it happened on Saturday. And, uh, we were up against uh, Portland, playing in Vancouver. What were your thoughts? I think that, uh, I, I mean, everybody was kind of watching to see Kawhi Leonard uh, come out for the first time ever, and especially to see how he was going to gel with you know, everybody on his team. And to everybody's, I guess, relief, he looked great. This is preseason, guys, all right? And it's just nice to see him in a Raptors uniform. And actually, you know, playing and high-fiving all the teammates, it was really, it was kind of incredible to watch. Looking at his stats here, 19 minutes shared with Kyle Lowry. Um, one rebound, three assists, 12 points. Made about maybe, what, like two-fifths of his foul shots, but that's okay. You know, he's, he's had a pretty rough season last year he's got a, a few kinks in him that he's got to shake off uh compared to lowry who all again 19 minutes but had four rebounds one assist but 15 points i mean the two together we're looking at Kawhi leonard particularly being a team leader here but this is the preseason they only played like not even half the game nobody neither of them showed up in the the second half but like why would they it's a preseason game and that's not what is important. What is important is the chemistry, which when you look at something like Kyle Lowry doing a crazy behind the pass back or behind the back pass to Kawhi Leonard, who then like lops it over his head and they keep passing it backwards and forwards for the never ending alley-oop, which of course never connected because a, a, a foul was called, but it was still hilarious to see because they were clearly having fun which is the big thing people were wondering. Kawhi doesn't have fun, which is a big misconception, but is he going to have fun here? And luckily, it looks like he's having a great time. we got to remember, though, he he is a fun guy, (laughs) self-proclaimed. Let's let's add in that little laugh there, and we're good to go. (laughs) I didn't even see where you're you're seated. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, it was was absolutely great to watch. uh, And, and, you both alluded to this, but they were playing, they being Kyle and Kawhi, were both playing almost all of their minutes together. Yeah. So Nick Nurse is obviously trying to create that chemistry right off the bat. I mean, I believe we only have five preseason games to work with. 
So uh, not a whole lot of time there to get uh, ready for the for the beginning of the season. And, and speaking of lineups, uh, Nick Nurse tried out a couple of very, uh, I would say, slightly odd lineup choices, uh, both in the first half and at the beginning of the second half. It's not a pair of lineups that I would imagine we would see a whole lot of in the regular season. But then again, this is preseason, and this is why you try things out. Uh, the beginning of the, the game was uh, Kyle, Kawhi, I believe it was Danny Green, CJ Miles, and uh, JV, I believe. It was a total, I don't know, I, I wasn't that blown away. That was one of those lines where like you really hope you don't see that in the regular season just because CJ Miles is a minus defender and you know you don't want to start off your game like that. So I believe OG actually wasn't with the team because of personal reasons, so that's why they started CJ right. Miles. But like like you were saying, this is preseason. I think Nick Nurse is just trying to throw out lineups. And he even said that, you know, the next game, which is today's, they were going to throw JV back into the starting lineup. I, I, it's which... all, this is all about mixing and matching. This is all to see, you know, what works best. And, um, yeah, I think it's, all of this is just an experiment. And I think that's what preseason should be. Yeah, I mean, CJ Miles is not our top defender. But what it does do in a preseason is two things, which benefits the team. And it benefits us. It forces the supposed defensive player of the year two times in a row, Kawhi, to step up, which comforts the fans, but also helps them find a footing on the team. So when you limit the defense out there, uh, for whatever reason, because it's the preseason, the points don't matter. It's like, whose line is it anyways? You can do whatever you want. <laughs> what so, a good show. That was a great show. But um, I think it... Uh, puts them in a place where even though it's preseason, they kind of have to go into overdrive to exude some sort of qualities that when it comes to a guy who's supposedly the, the greatest superstar Raptors have ever had, which I firmly believe he is, there are a lot of things you, you want to feel comfortable with. It's like, okay, how is this guy running from one end to the other? And when you have Kawhi, you know, playing a, a pretty damn good defensive game in the preseason and then breaking ankles on the other end of the court, it feels good. So that, that's yeah. what happens when you make your player do extra in the preseason. And that was a great sight to see, watching Kawhi and his handles really on display. Um, it's funny, when we think about some of the highlights of the game, I gravitate towards a couple of Kawhi's plays. But if you're thinking of what I'm thinking right now, those were, I believe, two mid-range jumpers. The stats after the game showing the shot chart from this game was just mind-blowing. Have you guys seen it yet? They shot like eight mid-range shots and that was it the entire game? Was that it? Yeah, it was amazing. Out of like, hmm. I forgot how many shots. Yeah, you're right. It was only six to eight mid-range shots. Two of them or three of them were by Kawhi. The rest were either at the rim or behind the three-point arc. I mean, that would make Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni just pass out with how <laughs> how it looked. <laughs> On top of that, I mean, looking at uh, and, and referring back to the whole thing about the lineups, I mean, the second half we were rolling out with essentially the bench mob, and they just blew this game away. So another encouraging sign from the Raptors team, as per usual, right? As per usual, yeah. And and the thing is, what I I remember what I got from Nick Nurse's interview. Um, what he said was the ball is going to attract Kawhi. Like that's it's just how it's going to happen. And uh, when we had Demar, the ball would you know, gravitate towards him and he would have to take a contested like jump shot, mid-range jump shot. And you know what? More often than not, it kind of went in. But the thing is, in this case, uh, I'm already watching the pre this preseason game 
versus Utah, and it's just like pass and pass and pass and pass, and it's just trying to find the the open man. And I think when it comes to the star players, the ball just knows where to go, and in this case, it will go to Kawhi. And sometimes he's going to have to take those mid ranges, and you know what? It's it's very um, positive when you can see that like step back uh, cr- crossover and then mid range shot, and then even that little spinorama thing that he did with his left hand. Like it's 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 good to know that we still have that somebody that we can go to at the end of the shot clock. But that's why I really like Kawhi Leonard because the best players of today. Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, obviously LeBron James. Can they have flair? Yes, but that's not necessarily why they're excellent. The weird thing with watching LeBron James game, unless it's the playoffs or something, I remember just being like, you know, does he do that much? And looking at the end of the game and being like, holy shit, he scored 30 points and I know I had no idea. Right. You know, because they do everything so simple. They don't do a crazy alley-oop dunk when they're down by two. They just put it in, even if it's a layup, just to get the points going up. And that's why, you know, Kawhi being so good with his with his jumpers and stuff, yeah, he has the capacity to do crazy tricks and stuff. But at the end of the day, and I don't mean to disparage any other great players out there because it's more exciting to watch a, a Russell Westbrook, but I feel safer with a Kawhi Leonard because you know it's always going to work. Because it's not about what I could bring to the like what the what I am to the team. It's what can I bring to the team, which is a little bit different. It's not being a superstar. It's being a cog in the whole machine. Right, and and you can tell that, and he said this before that he is all about basketball. Right, he doesn't he doesn't get distracted by the outside noise. If you look at, and this is one of the big stats that I love looking at from Kawhi among many is that over his career, I believe it's an eight year career in total, he has more steals than he does personal fouls. Oh, and there aren't many are, there are very few in NBA history who have, who have had that accomplishment. So that shows you the kind of disciplined defender that he is. He's not just swipe in for the sake of getting steals. He doesn't pick up many fouls. So you can count on him to be there for, 40 minutes if you needed. That's just another reason why it's exciting to have him on the squad. And it's funny because like the media is, uh, you know, making a big deal out of these, uh, because, you know, as, as we were talking about in our last pod, it was uh, media day last week and mm-hmm. a huge deal was made about the different starting lineups and their photos, right? There, there wasn't much about Toronto's photos per se. I guess what, what made the news was, you know, Kawhi's laugh and instruction of Kawhi and things of that nature and, and Kyle's, um, you know, reluctance to speak about much of the offseason. But on the outside of Toronto, huge deal was made about the Boston starting lineup and how deep they're going to be and Golden State's starting five and how dangerous they look. Um, but that's fine. You know, the, the media can just eat that up. When it comes to playing, you know, you, we've got a squad that is just primed and ready to go i mean we saw flashes of it throughout that portland game um in the third quarter when we when the bench mob just kind of blew them away there were um some smaller things that really get can get anyone excited for example i'm thinking of the play where um delon wright blocks on one end the rebound goes out to or the the kick out goes to siakam and it's siakam who runs the floor and and this is an underrated part of his game, which I think is really going to start to shine 
um, and get better throughout the season is his vision. So he's driven down the court and he could, he has the stride and the speed to just get to the rim if he wanted to, but instead he turns around and flips it behind him to Fred Van Vliet for the pull up three. Now, these are the kinds of things that we can look forward to all season long. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw that play, but that, that for me, that was like probably the play of the game for oh, me because yeah. it showed me the growth of this, of this, squad i feel like we're gonna go through the entire season gushing over Kawhi with with good reason that's for sure but i mean the person that stood out the most was pascal um Mm -hmm. and how he like you said jay when he you know got the rebound he was dribbling up the floor and his court vision and his scoring ability his passing ability and um his motor it's it's everything that we did see in the first year but elevated you know normally we kind of see summer videos and summer hype videos of people working out and stuff and you're like okay whatever you just want to hype yourself up but pascal like other people were recording Pascal's workouts and and his pickup games, and you can kind of see his the flashes of brilliance that he has. And I'm really glad that Nick Nurse is giving him the freedom to be able to bring the ball up the floor, not not just having to uh, throw an outlet pass to Freddie or Kyle. Like it's kind of nuts the options that we have when when Pascal has the ball. Yeah, and not to mention that in the Portland game he had 13 rebounds, which again I know it's a preseason game, but he didn't just lead the amount of rebounds on on our team. Nobody was even close. So, like, in that respect of the game, he dominated completely, which is great. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm glad that uh, that you brought up the whole thing about how many options we have on this squad. So it gives me a chance, actually, to plug my latest article for Raptors HQ, where uh, – I did a player preview on for the upcoming season on OG and Yobi. And one part of it that reminded me of that was that when we look at this squad and who we have now, we are filled with players who are three considered like elite three and D. So obviously you start with Kawhi, but also Danny Green is someone who is considered a very strong three and D player. He is uh, one of only, I believe it's six people in, in the NBA history, or sorry, one of six people currently in the NBA to make 100 catch-and-shoot threes over the last five seasons, each of the last five seasons. Jeez. And then, and that, yeah, and that's he was the quote-unquote throw-in in this deal. So you have those two who are you're bringing on. You've got OG, who's already uh, an excellent three-point shooter, uh, specifically on the corner three. Um, and then you have Kyle and Fred Van Vliet, who are, according to B-Ball Index, they grade out as two of the only four point guards in the NBA who are uh, who grade out as an A or A- minus in perimeter shooting and perimeter defense. So that qualifies them as elite 3 and D point guards. That's five I've just listened to you. You tried out that kind of lineup, and you're getting whatever you want. You can switch whatever screens you want. You can cover one-on-one however you want. Uh, and it speaks to what, Jay, what you were just alluding to about how many options we've got. And that's without even mentioning Siakam or Ibaka or Wright. So it's, it's again, I'm, I'm blown away by, by the versatility of this lineup. Like no no disrespect to the Proto. I think Proto was a fantastic player, but we gave up Demar for two three and D guys, you know? And if if anything, that that's a steal in my books. And and it's, it's funny that you bring up Demar because uh 
Uh, I believe he had his first game over the weekend. I didn't get a chance to to catch it. Did I? Have you guys get a chance to to watch him in? I don't know. It's kind of weird to see him in, in <laughs> yeah. anything other than Raptors. I only, uh, Raptors I only Red. had the stomach to see that first, uh, the first bucket he had um, as a spur, and of course he had his patented dribble out to the to on his right hand side and pulled up for a fadeaway J, and nothing but net, of course, uh, with a hand in his face. And more, the more and more you see it, the the more and more you realize that you know you just got to move on. It's almost like a breakup. You see your your ex like with another man or another girl, and and you're like, you know what? Little bit of closure, you know, like I don't know. It's it's gonna be weird regardless. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of okay with seeing the preview shot of him in his jersey when the trade first happened i was like oh okay it's just one of those things but seeing it in motion was a little bit different that was like oh okay yeah no this is this this was our boy and he's he's here now and you know looking at his stats for the game you know he got two rebounds two assists um seven points all within 18 minutes clearly there was a lot of stuff that they were trying uh popovich and co because it looked like the game was more in favor of Derek white uh, Aldridge, of course, who's kind of adopted the team as like you know being the father figure, the the captain, the leader. Uh, Rudy Gay had a had a uh, high point amount of five five rebounds. Um, it didn't look like they were doing what the Raptors kind of did, where it was like, okay, we want to show the world Kawhi with the other next best person on the team, Kyle Lowry, have at it. I think it was just a little bit more of a mix and match because they barely beat the heat by like four points so um oh, i wouldn't read too much into the scores i mean uh you know there's what we're, we're gonna see in all of these preseason games we're gonna see the starters for maybe half maybe not even uh yeah yeah and you know we all of them are playing 20 minutes or less none of them are seeing the floor in the fourth quarter so i wouldn't read too much into the the final scores but to your point right i mean it's it's about trying out different things some things that yeah. you know you you definitely won't try in the regular season and some things that you do so uh yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see over these next couple of games well i only brought up the score because i know it's not important but it confirms that they weren't trying out this one winning strategy or how oh, right, right, right. their main players like that's what i'm saying like it they they clearly were just trying a whole plethora of different things it wasn't about winning or losing it was just you know they weren't trying out a winning formula to make a statement they were trying a little mix mix and match of things whereas with toronto i think um we had Kawhi and Ka for a half had a had a nice little bit of a lead uh the extra 10 point deficit that that we gave portland was just with whatever was on the court at the time you know that wasn't because we had Kawhi on the court anymore but you see what i'm saying where um with the spurs that wasn't really their approach to put a new face on the franchise i think they were just trying everything and, and just seeing how the team would gel you know yeah so well and, and the thing is like there's going to be a lot more of this like again we can't preface enough this is all this is all preseason this is all just trying to mix and match all these different lineups what we're going to see in the next like four more games like until the more, season yeah. opener like we're going to see a whole bunch of different uh starting lineups with every single team and speaking of all different teams, what did you guys think about LeBron in purple and? Yeah, I, I was just about to bring that up. Actually, thank you. So we had a very interesting lineup: uh, Brendan Ingram, 
or and uh, LeBron James, both forwards, uh, Rashawn Rondo, guard, obviously. And and my boy, JaVale McGee. <laughs> JaVale McGee. He got the first bucket of the game too. It was like they did the ju- uh, jump ball and it tips it to Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo does an alley oop to Javale McGee. It was like eight two seconds in and Javale got got his first point as the Lakers. It was crazy. It was crazy. Actually, seventeen. And, and yeah, one of the one of the highlights I liked was uh, was that kind of no look bounce pass from LeBron down to Javale. I mean, that was as a sneak preview of what mm-hmm. we didn't see and. Uh, yeah, that looked. I'm, I'm sure, like Laker fans were like wetting themselves over that one. Well, because Javel McGee is is an anomaly. He's uh, unfortunately hilarious to make fun of, but that <laughs> also is because his reputation has been stymied because he tries to put on a show and often it comes out in a bit of a mess. But the last two years in Golden State, he had a he had a pretty good team to work with. You know, understatement of the century, pretty good team. But we forget that this guy was like robbed of the dunk contest where he dunked two balls and two separate nets at once like this guy still better still better but <laughs> he can this guy could put on a show when he wants so i i see it as uh it may, i don't know you guys can tell me if this is a stretch or not but I, I see it similar to uh deandre with the clippers and mm. just being the recipient of every single chris paul lob i mean he's now surrounded by Rondo and LeBron and Ball. Like, he could easily put up DeAndre-like numbers with his height and his length, right? We're going to see a complete career revitalization of JaVale McGee. So it's going to be great because you have the best, some of the best passers in the game. So say what you want about Ball, but the guy can pass. And Amazing, amazing court vision, yeah. Yeah, so... It's an exciting little team here. Obviously, with LeBron, yeah, he had nine points, three rebounds, three assists, 15 minutes. Uh, you know, they didn't want to overdo him like they did on the Cavs. <clears throat> and uh, a little bit of a glimpse. I think they were thinking, let's not just stick LeBron in here the whole time to get to give the fans what they want. We're still trying to figure out this team here. And in a preseason game, you had people like Kuzma and, and Hart playing. Ingram actually played for almost half an hour. Like, you know, just trying to figure out this this young lineup and all of the pieces are not just, you know, the new poster boy, obviously. So, I mean, some exciting things ahead. I feel like the Raptors are the most intriguing team in the East. The Lakers are the most intriguing team in the West to watch. Not only that, you know, LeBron is now in the in the West and we don't have to face him all the all, all too much anymore. So it's like I'm more of a fan now instead of a, an enemy or seeing him as an enemy. But I just feel like those are the two most intriguing teams to watch, both Toronto and, and L.A. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, we're, we're talking about JaVale McGee, and we haven't mentioned the fact that he's like a shacked in a fool Hall of Famer. So We well, don't need to bring that up, though. Everyone knows it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's true. That goes without saying. Um, but I guess my question is for you guys, what, who on this roster do you think will make an appearance on shacked in a fool the most? JaVale? Beasley, Rondo, Lance, oh. like this team is stacked. <laughs> yeah. Stacked. Like he can have a Shaq and the Fool episode every Lakers game, I think. I mean, Don't who's going to appear on there? Don't forget, one new player came second to Shaqton MVP last year. Rondo? What? LeBron James. He came second. Did he, he lost really? to Joel Embiid. 
Yeah, he really? was. He almost was shocked at an MVP. I swear to God. Oh man, wow. I need to look <laughs> this up, man. Jeez. Yeah, they were putting all sorts of stuff in there because he had, you know, he had a great year with with Cleveland, but because he had to do all of the dirty work, he had a lot of a lot of his own slip ups as well. Yeah, like wow. he almost won. He lost to Joel Embiid, and people were like, "Oh, is this going to be like Harden?" Oh no, not Harden. Russell Westbrook. Is he going to be shocked in MVP and league MVP? <laughs> yeah. First time ever. <laughs> Oh, no, second time because Westbrook did it. But um, there was a possibility. There was a very close chance that he could have. Oh, my God. They're going to change that. They're going to change the Jerry West trophy, the MVP trophy, to like to like jacked in a fool trophy or something to, 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 to accommodate <laughs> to, like, both of them. Stevenson yeah, yeah, LeBron's yeah. ear. Yeah. <laughs> Pick your Laker. It'll go to one of them. Oh my That's God. another thing, though. They're not just both shacked in veterans. They or I don't know about now, but they certainly used to despise each other. And Lance Stevenson was one of the bare minimum few people in the league to not even be phased by LeBron James. He could not care less and be like, yeah, I'll play him. And he would, he would get, he would get on his nerves all of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And even, even the old uh, Boston Cleveland rivalry, uh, Rondo, you know, also was getting under would would get under LeBron's skin. So yeah, I mean it's it's kind of weird to see them all on the same squad. I think it was a long time coming. I think we all knew that LeBron was going to go to LA. It was just more of seeing him in in actual in actuality of seeing him in the Lakers uniform and seeing him in the the history that the Lakers have and then now the best player that I guess in our generation possibly top you know three players of all time wearing one of the most famous jerseys of all time. Like it's it was kind of set in stone, really. This this should have happened a long time ago. Well, actually, we yeah. do know how how we how that feels because like that's that's exactly how we felt on Saturday, first time we saw Kawhi step on that floor, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I that's still true. can't get over it. I know Jay that you wanted to get some time in. Uh, hopefully, we have a little bit more time to talk about uh, Kawhi and why you think that he might be. Actually oh yes, staying. the great thing about Toronto sports media, and I'm going to classify us as part of that. Uh, you know, we are now on our seventh podcast, so I think that qualifies us as Toronto sports media self-proclaimed. <laughs> but um, you know, th- we we are in a in a crazy day and age where we are overanalyzing every little minute thing. I mean, the the first time we saw Kawhi partially smile, all of a sudden it was like, all right, that's it. He's set. He's staying. And then it's uh, you know, he's not talking to the media, therefore he's leaving. So. I'd like to end off the podcast on a positive note and pick out and nitpick out the smallest things I've noticed over the last couple of days that that hint towards uh, Kawhi resigning in Toronto. Obviously, this is just me talking shit, but these are the small things I've noticed over the last couple of days. All right, let's feed uh, the fire, first, Jay. Let's feed it. Let's go. All right, let's feed this fire. Uh, first of all, uh, his interview after Saturday's game, he was gushing over, and I said this even last week, but now... After a game, he's already gushing over Nick Nurse, calling him, quote-unquote, a brilliant mind. I don't think he's ever said those words about Greg Popovich. So, huge sign that, at the very least, he's got a relationship going with Nick Nurse. Who cares if he doesn't have a relationship with Kyle yet, or anyone else yet? Him and the coach obviously get along very well. So, that's sign number one. Number two, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, chatter going on about his laugh. Uh, finally, today, uh, in while being interviewed today during practice or during shoot around, 
he was asked about it. He was like, you know, the, the interviewer asked, like, you know, there's a lot of things going around about your laugh on the internet. How do you feel about this? And his reaction was, I have no idea. I, I'm not on social media. I don't know anything that's going on out there. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm just here to play ball. So for me, that's a huge bonus because we all know that Toronto media, sports media, is very rough. I mean, we saw it. We mm-hmm. talked about it in last week's pod. We talked about how the presser was uh, it was as bad as it could get in terms of questions that came out of uh, the reporters there. He handled himself very well last week. And this statement, which, said, which, which he's saying that he essentially doesn't really care, is not really tuned in to what the media says, is actually a very big positive because uh, our media can really just wear you down. And it, it's just like being in New York. It's just like being in LA. Like This kind of stuff can really wear you down as a player. Can I? Um, oh, can I actually chime in yeah, for a second? Ahead. See, yeah, and I remember that interview, and I think he, that he said, with being such a high caliber player, it comes with oh, the territory. Yes. Think about the comparison between him and KD. KD is a obviously a top three player in the NBA, but he had to have a burner account so he could troll everybody else who was talking <laughs> crap about <laughs> yeah, him. Remember, like, true. there's just a complete uh, 180 when it comes to you know people making fun of you and Kawhi doesn't care. He doesn't see it. He doesn't hear it because he's not on social media. And you have KD who is like, well, I'm not going to get MVP because I'm get, I'm hated so much. Like, shut up, man. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. You're right. Uh, and one final point on on Kawhi, why he's definitely re-signing with Toronto. Um, so the Raptors Twitter account just uh, tweeted out a video of uh, asking a couple of the Raptors, uh, Raptor players, I think four different players, uh, what their top five hip-hop album of the summer were. Mm. So they were sifting through about eight or nine different uh, albums, um, and Kawhi was one of the players chosen. Number one on his list, he picked Scorpion. He picked Drake. So obviously, no, really. obviously, he's staying in Toronto. What a, what a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say this, though. The, uh, so four Raptors were picked. Two other Raptors. So one other Raptor, Danny Green, also chose Drake. Uh, and then the two other Raptors, it was uh, Greg Monroe and OG both chose Travis Scott. But it was between Travis Scott and Drake, between all four of them, and then a couple of others. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel super bad for for Kevin Durant. I mean, he's such a misunderstood player. In fact, he's he's one of the greats of of, of all time. And and oh, geez, now everybody in Toronto knows that I'm Kevin Durant. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, uh, nonetheless uh, that is great because at the end of the day, this has all been a social media mess. But Kawhi doesn't have to worry about that. He is clearly super focused on the game and. That's what we need in Toronto. Somebody with focus and somebody who's, who's going to bring the cup home because we've never had that. In Kyle Lowry's words, the golden ball. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, man. And um, before we end off, just to date this pod a little bit, what's the score, Jay? What are we looking like? Uh, we are looking like, to be honest, it was getting kind of dull, so I stopped watching. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking it over here. Yeah? Okay, uh, what we got? Rap, raps, it's almost halftime. Raps are up by 15. Second quarter, Raps are outscoring Utah 29-8. to eight. Wow. So without looking at who's currently on the floor, I'm going to guess that's another product of our bench mob just doing their thing. I think our bench is – it can be a starter on any – let go of Golden State, of course, and maybe Houston and ourselves – 
out of all the twenty seven hundred teams, our bench could be a starter, starting five for sure. I'm well, sure you're gonna you're gonna get a few people from from Boston who will have something to say about that. I mean, the bench is pretty solid, and I think that's why I'm very excited about what that rivalry will look like this upcoming season. Leonard's got 17 points to his name right now. Just saying. Not bad. Not bad. Five rebounds. That feels really good. And at me, at me, Boston Celtics fans, you guys, we'll see you on October 19th. We'll, we'll see. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that. It's going to be a fight to the death. But yeah, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us reviews. Leave us comments. Leave us suggestions. You can find us on Twitter at, at That's Rep Pod. And you can listen to us on Stitcher. You can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Listen to us wherever you can. And uh, don't forget to don't forget to add us. Add us, Boston Celtics. Add us. Kevin Durant gives us five out of five. <laughs> Jay, where can we find you, man? All right, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Starting to contribute again on Raptors HQ, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, my latest article uh, previews OG Anunobi and what to expect from him this year. Man, you should have put uh, Obi-Wan. OG Wan. OG Wan. I know I should have. I should have. I should have rewritten that or something. I should have thrown that in there. <laughs> so... Yeah, but it's, it's my first article of the season. I've been on hiatus nice. for the summer, but uh, it's good to be back on. And, and here's a spoiler alert. OG's going to be great this year. How about you, uh, Dre? Where can we find you? Um, I'm not going to beat the KD joke to death. So you can find me on Twitter. I don't know Fabs. Awesome, guys. So uh, season's coming up, all right? We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. And I guess that's a wrap. Later.